Good morning to you. It's lovely to be with you on this very brisk morning. Uh, before we go to our Bible reading in Mark chapter 10, um, I, I just have something I need to do first of all. Uh, you might be able to help me. It's, it's about choices. And uh, life is filled with choices. Daniel Andrews has a choice to make today and we're, we're awaiting that one. But my choice is that um, I'm wanting to give Pastor Glenn a gift. Now, I can, I can give him a, a block of old gold chocolate or I can give him these cupcake chocolates. But I, I'm, I'm not just quite sure which one I should give. So uh, it, it's a bit of a problem. It, I think I'll have the ball. Is that right? Thank you very much. So much for choices. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. I'm going to read from verses 17 to 22. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him. And loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. As we commence the message this morning, I would like to tell you a few personal stories, and I'm sure that will provoke in you some of your own stories. In 2003, as Cheryl and I prepared to live and work in China, we went to a financial advisor. We sat down with him and asked, what must we do to be free of debt and manage our financial affairs while we are away. The second story was a couple of years ago. Cheryl was involved in a motor vehicle accident. Fortunately, she was not injured, but her car suffered some damage. And it was a hit-and-run incident by a woman who was most likely under the influence because she quickly fled the scene. Fortunately, due to the sharp eyes of another motorist, Cheryl was able to get the offender's license plate number. She drove to the nearest police station and asked the officer behind the counter, what must I do? Eventually, the woman was traced and she was 
persuaded to pay for the necessary repairs. The third story is that a few months ago I had cause to go to my doctor with a medical concern. As I sat down to explain my situation, I asked my doctor, what should I do to recover my health? He was very understanding and has put me on some medication which has helped wonderfully. You know, it would seem that we often have cause to ask those in authority, those with special expertise, or those whom we respect for advice. And often the request begins with statements like, what must I do or what should I do? And in our reading this morning, this is exactly what we read concerning a young man's encounter with the Lord Jesus. Of significance, it's an encounter that is not only recorded by Mark, but is also found in Matthew chapter 19 and Luke chapter 18. So it's an important encounter. From these records, it would appear that this young man was very well-to-do. That is, he was rich and powerful and most probably quite well-educated. From today's perspective, he was a young man who had it all. His life was free from the everyday struggles and turmoils faced by so many especially the poor, the needy, and the sick. Some might even say that he lived a desirable and enviable life. He was someone that everyone wanted to be, and he had what everyone wanted to have. And isn't this the aspiration of so many young people today? However, as we read the record, there was within the life of this young man an emptiness, a longing that his position, power, wealth and possessions could not satisfy. It would seem that after much inner searching, he had been able to identify that which was lacking in his life. He was lacking hope. He was lacking inner peace. He was lacking eternal assurance. In essence, he was lacking a vital and personal relationship with God in his life. And we can only assume that he had gone to his local priest or Pharisee and asked them for eternal hope and assurance. But all they could offer him was ritual and tradition. Finally, he sought out the Lord Jesus, this radical rabbi, this radical teacher, this miracle worker from Nazareth, this God-man who was confounding the scholars of his day with his great insights and wisdom. As he approached the Lord Jesus... We read how the young man showed great humility and respect. 
in that he knelt before Jesus. Surely this is good testimony to both the genuineness and the urgency of his request and is a similar response to when a leper came to the Lord Jesus seeking to be healed as recorded in Matthew 8 and Mark 1. Of course, this response is in stark contrast to the attitudes of the Pharisees and the Sadducees when they came to Jesus with their many questions, usually seeking to confront him or to trap him. The young man asked the Lord Jesus a very simple question. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do? Now, as we look at these words of the young man, they very possibly reveal the source of his wealth in that he assumed that eternal life could be inherited rather than earned, bought or gifted. Today, there are those who still think that eternal life must be earned by good works or by acts of personal sacrifice, as if life is like a balancing of the scales and the good must outweigh the bad. Likewise, there are some who think they can simply buy their way into whatever they desire. They see money, wealth, fortune as the ultimate currency, both here on earth as well as in heaven. How wrong they are. As we look at the young man's question, we come to appreciate that this is probably the single most important question that anyone could ever ask. Oh, if only more people today, both young and old, would think to even ask this question. It is the question that goes to the very heart of our being and our purpose in life. The young man, despite his obvious advantage in life, sensed that his life had no enduring or higher purpose than the transient satisfaction that his wealth afforded him for that day. Deep within him, he knew there was more to life than merely transient pleasures. And he knew it involved a relationship with God. But he didn't know how to step into that relationship with God. His question revealed a longing in spirit, even a desperation that worldly position Power, wealth and possessions were utterly incapable of addressing. The Lord's initial response to the young man was simply to remind him of the precepts of the Ten Commandments. It was like a test 
of the young man's faith and sincerity. Because, of course, this would have been the typical response of the Pharisees and the Sadducees who saw obedience to the Mosaic law as the highest service to God. In Mark chapter 23, verses 13 to 36, the the passage of the eight woes, we know Jesus' response to the mere legal obedience, where he condemned those who saw obedience to the law as an end in itself. In verse 23 of Matthew 23, the Lord Jesus said these words, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. And Jesus went on in verse 27 of Matthew 23 when he said this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. For this young man, the observance of the provisions of the law had been important, but his life remained empty and hollow, unfulfilled, and he longed for his life to have greater meaning and purpose and to be in a closer relationship with God. And so he responded to the Lord Jesus by saying, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth. I have kept them. Lord Jesus knew the genuineness of this young man's heart in his search. But he also knew the heart of the problem of this young man's heart. The young man had always known the benefits his wealth provided. He had never known what it was to be in need, to go hungry or thirsty, or to be in need of shelter. The Lord Jesus put the ultimate challenge to the young man. He challenged him to lay aside that which had defined him as a person and defined his whole existence. He challenged him to give away all all his wealth and possessions and to learn what it was to live a life of utter dependence upon God for his physical, his emotional and his spiritual well-being. He challenged him to become one of the Lord's own disciples and live as the Lord Jesus lived. He challenged him to put a relationship with God as the single most important and highest priority in his life. The big question was, could this young man trust God enough to become poor 
and powerless in the eyes of the world. In verse 22, we read the young man's response. He did not argue with what the Lord Jesus had said. In his heart of hearts, he knew that what the Lord Jesus had said was absolute truth and that the choice was his to make. Unfortunately, when it all boiled down to it, Jesus' request was a challenge to him of what was of ultimate importance in his life. That is, his wealth and the power and the authority it provided for him. Or God and the mystery of what it meant to live a life free from the entrapments of this world. The young man made his choice and sadly walked away from the Lord. This was a tragedy. An utter, an utter tragedy. Did the Lord Jesus call him back? No. Did the Lord Jesus compromise or water down his challenge and say, oh, well, look, if you can't meet that one, here's another one. No. The Lord Jesus simply allowed the young man to walk away. And one can only hope that in time, as he reflected on the choices that he had made, that he would repent of his decision and do as the Lord asked. To be sure, it was a tragic moment as the young man walked away in sadness and distress of heart and spirit. To those who remained, the Lord Jesus said, how hard it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, every day we are confronted with the same choice. Every day we either choose to depend on ourselves to secure and, and ensure our physical and mental well-being and comfort or we choose to trust God for our present and our future. It is not a complex choice reserved only for the highly intellectual in society. It's a simple choice that anyone can make. We just need the courage and the determination to make the right one. To choose 
that which we want to really define our lives, to define who we are as we go into the future. To help us make these best choices, the Lord Jesus gave us the key in his Sermon on the Mount when he said these words in Matthew 5 verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Brothers and sisters, particularly those who are young and with young families, I urge you, do not hunger after the things of the world, position, power, wealth, possessions. They are so temporary and so transient and they can never give definition of who we really are in the sight of God. Instead, foster a hunger and thirst to live your life wholly in line with the will and the purposes of God and in continuing fellowship with Him. Do not let your life be a series of of tragic moments dictated by the short-term enticements of the world. But let your life be informed and governed by the will and the purposes of God for you. You know, the pages of our newspapers and the personal interest stories on our radios and TV are literally littered with the tragedies of those who have risen to the heights of wealth, power and fame only to be cut down and cut short by scandal, corruption, ill health and a litany of sad and poor choices. How many times have we seen those who are famous on TV, and their lives have turned into tragedies. The record of the rich young man is the story of so many lives even today. And yet the solution remains just as viable and real as it ever did. People are searching for meaning and significance in their lives. And the things of this world leave them wondering the question, what must I do? The message of the Lord Jesus is clear. Choose that which will define your life for all eternity and not just for the now. Choose to allow God his rightful place in your life and then you will know and experience eternal peace, fulfilment and all that God has prepared for you. As we read in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, 
Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. You may be sitting in your lounge room, in your study, wherever you are, that you are listening to this challenge today. And the Lord may be speaking to your heart now. You may be asking yourself the question, what must I do? The Lord Jesus is calling you. It may be that as a young person, you were part of a youth group, part of Sunday school, but then, well, you got caught up with some friends in school and you started getting involved in things that led you away from the church. It may be that now you're successful. You've got a good job. You've got a family. But you know, you know that deep within there is something missing. You're asking the question, what should I do? I urge you, don't walk away from Jesus today. I urge you, call out to him. Open your Bible. Read his word. Let it sink in your heart. Invite him. Call out to him. Invite him to be the Lord of your life. And today, begin the journey of walking the walk of Jesus. I'm going to pray with you in a minute. But if you're in that place today, if you want to change your life and not be defined by the things of the world anymore, if you want your life to count for God, then we'll pray. Let it be your prayer. And then afterward, I want you to go and tell two people of the decision that you've made. It might be a brand new decision. It might be a rededication of your life. But I want you to tell two people in the next few days that you have made this decision. Let me lead you now in prayer. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this story of this young man and his encounter with the Lord Jesus. It's a story that reminds us where we are, of who we are. And Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you offered this young man an answer to his quest. Lord, in the story we know how tragic it was that he could not make that decision for you and he walked away. But Father God, as we are here now, we have this choice. And Lord, if there is any young person or middle-aged person who is earnestly seeking today to turn their life around, and Lord God, be gracious. 
hear their cry. Hear their words, Lord Jesus, I choose you. And Lord, I pray that in the coming days, you will bless them and honour their decision. And that, Lord, you would fill their life with that hope, that assurance. Father God, we thank you for receiving us into Christ Jesus. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up your face, your eyes, your voice in adoration and praise of him. Amen.